describe describe the woman that you're looking for and then <laughs> open ai will go and find her for you welcome to the smb community podcast with your hosts amy babinchek james kernan amy luby and carl palachuk produced by and for the small biz thoughts technology community we're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. This podcast is sponsored by the Small Biz Thoughts technology community. Check us out at smallbizthoughts.org. Forms, templates, and checklists are just the start. Our community includes all of the best-selling books on managed services in all available formats, plus free training, members-only programs, and the best business training available to manage service providers anywhere. Plus, we have weekly live members-only Zoom calls. The average member saves more than 200% of their membership cost each year. We are totally dedicated to your success. Just because you're in business for yourself doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Join us today at smallbizthoughts.org. Welcome to the SMB Thoughts Community Podcast with Carl and me, Amy Babinchak. Uh, it is just the two of us today, but that's okay. We've got some really amazing stuff to talk about, again, around chat GPT or open AI, really. Um, did you see that it's come to Bing? So not chat GPT, but their own AI. So no, 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 no. Is it the same product, the same backend? One and the same. Oh. I'm telling you, Microsoft owns OpenAI. Like that thirteen oh, you know billion what? dollar investment. I was confused. I knew that. <laughs> For yeah. whatever reason, I was thinking about oh, because because the because the marketing, the, or at least the advertising that I've seen is oh, it's time for Google to be nervous, right? So. Uh, so, well, so what is what is the story that that if they're going to work it into <clears throat> Bing? So I have to use Bing to use it. They they have worked it into Bing. There's a waiting list. Of course, it's all the rage to have a waiting list for things now. Um, and the the really interesting thing is that Microsoft has taken the whole OpenAI project and integrated it into everything that Microsoft does, right? They added it to the Azure AI Cognitive Ser Services suite so developers can access it and build it into their own stuff. And they added it into Bing and what Bing is gonna do with it is at least the first iteration, which I saw, um, they have the traditional search in the center of the screen when you ask a question. Right. But then the right side of the screen is dedicated to how the how open ai responds to that and that is it writes you an answer and offers suggestions and you know highlights things out of the search results think about this right um when i first started with the internet lycos was and alta vista were my my go-to search engines. Lycos existed. <laughs> Lycos existed, yeah. I loved it. I would never liked Yahoo. I was never a, a Yahoo person. But Lycos and AltaVista were awesome. And then Yahoo came along and, and indexed 
websites into sort of a phone book, right? You had to browse through categories like you did in a phone book. Right. And then Google came along and, and said, well, we can just index it off of keywords. And we've been going on keywords all this time until now. I, I will say Google's more than that because what, what really separated Google was not keywords. It was the fact that they ranked pages with regard to authority. And I think that that has really gone downhill in the last few years because it's just it's been spammed up by all kinds of other things but th their big thing was if everybody if, you know if there's a search and everybody clicks on amy's answer that becomes the definitive answer and it ranks higher and higher and higher in google so right it gets it gets it gets boosted up but it's still about indexing the internet right off of off of keywords that's the basis of what they do and then they just built a whole ecosystem off of that open ai comes along and says we have the computing power we no longer have to index it we're just going to read the entire internet and ingest the whole thing right <laughs> we have that much computing power these days and so it ingests it and and you know spits it back out in ways that you can see and it comes from up bunch of different websites, not just from the one you clicked on. So, and then it, then then the awesome thing about the technology is it will offer you suggestions based on based on what it knows, and it references where it got the information from, and suggests other searches for you. And you know, do you want to see this? Do you want to see that? Are you interested? You know, would you like me to write a recipe for that? Would you? <laughs> Right. You know, all, all these different things like, well, you know, would you like me to make your airline reservation? All this uh -huh. stuff. Aha. Uh -huh. See, now we're getting uh -huh. <laughs> um, the marketing angle is coming in. Yeah. But so there's so there's all this stuff like we no longer have to just view the Internet by a series of keywords and what SEO professionals stick into it. We have the power to just ingest the whole thing. Part of what Google has done for a long time, you know, they have that information square over to the right that basically what they try to do is keep you on their page as long as possible right i mean yeah. ultimately that's how you serve ads is is people have to be on your site versus somebody else's site so if you do a search they try to give you the answer so it's just over to the right and then almost everything you click on is another one of their pages serving up more and more detailed information and um and so people never leave the site. They they think they're browsing the internet and they're really browsing uh, Google's advertisers, right? Because yeah. after the first click, you are no longer in a, a, I guess, an organic search environment. You are in a sold environment. So it sounds like uh, it is time for them to be disrupted and Bing is Bing might actually become useful. Well, I've I've al I've always loved Bing, but you know I do bleed blue. I, I have to admit that. But here's <laughs> the thing: there was a there's a New York Times article uh, yesterday, actually, um, and here's and it's all about you know the new Bing announcement, yada yada yada, right? Microsoft did an amazing job pushing it out to the whole world. But the guy that's writing this, here's a, I have to just read it to you. After I turn in this column, I'm going to do something I thought I'd never do. I'm switching my desktop computer's default search engine to Bing. And Google, my default source of information for my entire adult life, is going to have to fight to get me back. <laughs> wow. 
That's, that's a hell of an endorsement. <laughs> that is how that is how big this is. And now you know why Google called a code red when they when they got the intel on what Microsoft was doing. Google sent out the code red and called in the founders to come in and sit down with all the important brains and say, what are we going to do now? And they quickly came out with their own AI called BARD. But is it as good as, as what OpenAI has come up with? I don't know. And OpenAI certainly has the jump on them. Well, and I know that uh, they've been working on this. Everybody's been working on AI for a long time. I mean, Watson is, it, it, what's funny is Watson is probably the oldest, but it's been sold only to really big companies with a ridiculous amount of money. So integrating it into your daily life has not been a thing. I do have to say, so as somebody who has tried Bing again and again and again, I try every year for whatever, uh, 10 years, um, I, I'm always disappointed primarily because it always seems to think I'm trying to buy something. Like literally, like, are you looking for reservations? Are you looking to buy a, a new cover for your iPad or whatever? It's because I searched for an iPad. Um, and so to me, it has not been as good as Google. And I do not get the same res results. I hear people say, oh, I get the same results on both. I'm like, mm, I, I'm not sure what you're looking for. But um, I go often to the internet to find answers or to find interesting information about a topic. And that's very different from shopping. I rarely... Like if I'm shopping, I literally go to Amazon, right? Or if there's some reason to go somewhere else, I go somewhere else. But <laughs> if I don't, if I don't type in Macy's or type in Amazon, um, I'm probably just looking for information, not looking to be sold. And so, anyway, um, but I keep trying it, and I keep wanting it to be better because uh, you know I, I have for many years of my life been you know Microsoft is my my first thing I'm going to try. And then, you know, for me, if, if it's not as good as something else, I'll go somewhere else pretty quickly. So I'm ready for it to be amazing. Uh, and we shall see. I do have to say that the, a lot of the stuff that we've heard about open AI, uh, because it's based on the, the, the test data that we talked about last time. Um, it, it's sort of beginning with just enough to get people addicted. And so I think that, 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 whether that was just the advancement of technology in a technology company or whether that was a genius marketing strategy, <laughs> it really did get a bunch of people uh, addicted to open AI. And um, now when it's just like another box on Bing, um, they may actually start using it. And it, it may be exactly that, a great marketing strategy is the way they rolled it out because it came out pretty quickly. And it's basically a 2023 mm. phenomenon. Um, Microsoft isn't using the test data, right? They won't say exactly which version that they're on, but it's widely thought that it's 3.5 or 4 or something like that. So it's, you know, 500 times more data and it is up to the minute current. And um, it's just, it's amazing how much data that actually must be. I don't even know. Um, but but um, it, to watch how fast Microsoft is moving, um, which is Microsoft is not a fast moving company. Right. They're the company that sees a new technology, looks at the new technology, 
sees what other people are doing with the new technology and then improves upon it. That's typically how they work. They're the leader on this one. And, but what they're doing with it is just integrating it into everything that they have. So it's coming into office. It's, they've developed a couple of new apps for it so you can access it directly, but it's just becoming part of Bing, part of Word, part of PowerPoint, part, right? It's just right. part of everything. Um, well, what and, I think is interesting about the chat GPT piece of it, which is the, the visible piece on, on the big homepage, is that um, it is a place where human beings can see how AI might actually be useful in their lives. Most of what Microsoft is actually going to do will not be visible to people. It will be just things going on behind the scenes in Excel, Word, PowerPoint, and so forth. And, you know, they've, they've dabbled in this. You and I both have worked on the same PowerPoint and, you know, you, you add a graphic and over to the right, it says, Hey, there's seven different designs. Do you want to use one of these? That is the beginning of, of something that they will now take to a very next level. Right. And I mean, who, who knew? I didn't know. Somebody obviously knew who's a lot smarter than I am that the world was clamoring for better internet search. I mean, I think that's what we can say that as soon as soon as the open AI became public, millions of people flocked to it and and it became all the rage. And I don't think it's just a, a flash in the pan thing. I mean, I think this is something that people actually did want. And it's amazing to me that, um, you know, just when when you always are thinking like, oh, technology is here and it will just we're in a stable place and it will just iterate from this point on. And then here comes something that just smashes the the norm and creates something new. And um, somehow they were the people that knew that internet search needed to be a lot better than it has been. This is Carl, and I am joined by an old friend, Sam Saab, who uh, I would say is the, the the once and future king of results <laughs> software. <laughs> yeah, very kind, Carl. So good to see you again and be with you today. Very good. Well, so a lot of people will remember you from results software, and you, I think you sold it. You sold it off at some point. Yeah, uh, 2017. You had built results into being a an award-winning QuickBooks, uh, I guess a plug-in, is that what it is, or add-on? It's an it's a integrated uh, ability to integrate with both QuickBooks Desktop and QuickBooks uh, Online uh, was the integration, but we continued to have our own um, ability to do invoicing within the system, and the ability there was to exchange data without double data entry. So it's an integrated solution as compared to a plug-in. So um, tell us the story about, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the, the short version, but <laughs> what, <laughs> what happened with the selling and, and then, uh, you know, you developed some new products and then you're, you're now developing, I guess you have a development platform and now results is on that platform and give me that in your words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. It's uh, kind of an interesting story and we never expected it to turn that way. Um in 2017, after uh, my wife and I had built and ran Results Software, uh, which was also known as Results CRM and Results Business, because we ran uh, both sides of the, the world, 
uh, we in 2017 decided to sell the company as a growth strategy. Uh, we were at that time still a desktop-based product, enterprise-based product. This small business market had switched into a cloud-based and we needed rapid development to rebuild the product from the ground up. And so we partnered with an entity called Abacus Next at that time, and they brought in significant number of resources and we wanted to leverage that resource to build the online version and the cloud-based version of results and take it to the market. Uh, so 2017, we sold the company, worked with the company for two years as part of the transition. Uh, unfortunately, within by 2018, their business plans have changed and they had acquired additional products at that time. And they decided to switch focus to the other products uh, that they have brought in. And so our partnerships um, ended at late 2018. Um, in early 2019, I wanted to decide what to do at that time, to retire, except that I love what I do. So I wasn't ready to retire. So I knew that our clients um, could still use our services. So we decided to attempt to purchase the company back in early 2019. We made two serious attempts at purchasing the company back uh, and that did not, um, did not materialize. Let's get, put it that way. Um, I had a five-year non-compete, uh, Carl, and so as you know, I always I abide by the, by the um, you know the agreement and uh, wanted to do the right thing from a, basically living within that non-compete. So uh, to basically be able to operate, I had to move overseas. So we started a company called Dumor in Dubai uh, in early 2019, and we uh, leveraged that to build a brand new product similar. Um, in design or in functionality to the results product, but intentionally it was built from the ground up differently, different database structure, different tools. Uh, and the idea there is that we would not be leveraging or you know, using any of the technology from the old product in the new product, but built a better version of what the results could have been had we had the opportunity with Abacus to build a new product uh, based on the um, results design and philosophy. So, and so that's what we built, a product called Dumont. And and so do more is one product and yep. uh, and it's am I right that it's a software like development tool or development base? Actually, uh, close. It's a platform, so it's a really kind of a Lego pieces of all reusable modules like document management, proposals, estimates, invoicing, time billing, um, a CRM, of course. Uh, so the idea there is that it's really an end-to-end -end business solution built as a platform to basically be able to reuse it and re build from it multiple solutions based on industry uh, OEM tools for industries that are missing pieces that we have and or a direct vertical uh, that we can go to any a vertical that we have a customer wanting us to build a product for them. We will leverage that platform to build that end-to-end -end solution for them based on the modules they needed from Dumont. So it sounds like you're going after Intuit and you want to eat QuickBooks. <laughs> Actually, the opposite. We, we thought Intuit would basically be able to leverage do more because it had the international integration with every version of QuickBooks internationally, as well as the USA, QuickBooks all online and desktop bidirectionally, which is a big deal because nobody else does that in the US. Even the ones that integrate with QuickBooks are limited to the QuickBooks market. But if you want to play globally, and they do, then we had, because we were a global company, we had to integrate with every version. We decided to integrate with every version of QuickBooks. We didn't have to go out that much, but we're perfectionists and we did it by the book. <laughs> of course. So yeah. uh, uh, we're almost out of time, but, but uh, 
is there a story on results for uh, the, the SMB market? So uh, actually, uh, absolutely. And so this is an opportunity, as you know, 2019, we tried to buy it. We did not. We They said no. Uh, the non-compete finished in early 2022, in February 2022. So we brought the Do More product and the platform to the U.S. market. We had a launch in June of 2022 and brought in master partners to carry the product in the U.S. Um, Abacus uh, realized that we're back and we're out of the non-compete. So they approached us and wondered whether we're still interested in buying results. And we jumped on the opportunity to do that. Um, the deal just closed in January, even though it was effective January 1st, just uh, actually closed last week. And here's the bottom line. You know, sometimes things happen for a reason. Uh, and the reality is that we're going to take the do more platform and technology and re uh, and are shipping it right now as results 2023. So effectively, we're coming into the results customer base and we're offering them an upgrade path to a cloud-based solution based on the full technology of the Dumor. So the Dumor company will continue to operate as a global company with its platform, but results software became one of its customers using that technology and that platform to deliver strong value to customers that have for the last five years not been well served because they didn't have an upgrade path. Uh, Abacus never developed the next version of results uh, after we had separated in 2018. So we're back in the market right now with running a software company, which is Results Software, with its own uh, new product. And we would love to be part of the IT community again, like we had when we started. And actually that's really what gave us all the strength. You know, SMB Nation and, and uh, all the entities, including yourself and others, Harry and many others that have met through that uh, world, uh, that ecosystem continues to exist. It was wonderful to see everyone in August in Chicago. And so the point is that we're going to bring results back to that community through the partner channel. And it will be available to anyone wanting to do CRM, business management, or field service management as an end-to-end -end solution integrated with QuickBooks and other products. So give us the websites, and then we'll go ahead and put them in the links below, and everybody can check out both Do More and Results. Fantastic. So the Do More company is at domore.ae. That's for the Arab uh, United Emirates. Um, and then for the results, it would be results-software.com or for people that know us as the CRM of the world, resultscrm.com is also will get you that domain will also get you to the same website. Very good. Well, thank you for your time. And I, I look forward to seeing all the new products. Fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you and catching up, uh, Carl. Really great. Um, you know, I run whatever, 30 websites, and invariably, Google is between 90 and 99% of all the search engines that result in traffic to my websites. Uh, and that's a very common number. Um, but when I go to search for something, you know, especially when I want an answer to a question, the most frustrating thing for me is that the first hundred links are some community where somebody has posted a question and then 95 people have said, oh, I'm having the exact same problem, uh, you know, and then the, how about you? How about you? Has anybody fixed this yet? And you look and you realize this thread is two years old. Everybody has this problem. 
by now someone has figured out the fix. Can we put the fix at the top instead of putting, because what happens again, the, the way that Google has traditionally worked is that if everybody clicks on the first thing, then it gets more and more authority, quote unquote, and it becomes the one thing that becomes the answer to everybody's question, even if they immediately go, ah, crap, it's one of those stupid community things. And mm -hmm. then they go back and look for the actual answer. Right. Uh, with luck, Bing plus AI will get rid of that. Although it's very frequently a problem on Microsoft's own site with Microsoft's own technology. <laughs> Well, here's something to think about. If if the search results, right? The first iteration of this is traditional search in the center of the page, AI search on the side of the page. I don't expect that that's gonna be the thing very long. The AI search will become the, the main thing, right? right? When that happens, your SEO goes out the window. Your clickable links, where did they go? Like so many, so much revenue for so many people is dependent on how many clicks did the link get? How many visits did the site get? How's my, how's my SEO ranking on the thing? Like I'm sure stuff will be developed to make that happen somehow in the open AI that it will reference your material as opposed to somebody else's, but how does that happen? And what is that tradition? What does that transition look like? And I think that's what caused Google to call the code red because all of their income is based on you clicking on a link. Right. Well, There's I would no tell you, one of the things that Google has tried again and again and again is to uh, take other people's information and build it into their own systems and not pay the authors for their information it's 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 sort of their business model they uh they are frequently sued from time to time for, uh, about things like they were they had offered to many libraries hey we'll digitize everything in your library well what they were doing is creating illegal copies of books that they were then redistributing without a license and they got sued and they had to stop doing that um and so I worry about a future where somebody collects up all the information on the internet, including, you know, content that somebody else has a license to, and then presents it as their own with no, even if they have an attribution to the author, if that is in one point type over to the side without a link, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it could go the way of music where the people who make music are having a almost an impossible time of actually making money on the music they distribute, um, but all the distributors are making money, right? And so uh, when you take the hundred pennies it takes to to or ninety nine pennies it takes to get a piece of music, um, less than a penny, a fraction of a fraction of a penny goes to the artist. Um, and so I personally, as a content creator, would not like to see that happen to information I create because I would literally feel like I'd have to put it all behind paywalls. And that's not in the interests of my audience. Right. Well, and, you know, how do you become the authority that the open AI is going to reference even? In my case, I write 20 some books. Yeah, but, <laughs> but how, how does it, how does it measure your the value of your of your content 
And how does your website get found by people if you're not in favor with the open AI, right? They don't know right. to mention your business name, so you might not come up. Right. Um, it, it's going to be going to be a whole new world of how how we address these things. And um, I actually wrote an article on uh, which is available on LinkedIn. Um, just go to my LinkedIn and and look for articles. Um, and I wrote it for my MSP clients, right? Because they need to understand how this is going to affect their business and what this means for them. So I did my best to try to explain the whole Microsoft thing and where they're going to start to see these new features come in and, um, you know, just put it together so that we can bring these big ideas down to small businesses. And, you know, what does it, what does it mean for me? Because right. that's why we're all here, right? Final word on this. I am finally going to go look at Bing more seriously and spend, I'll, I'll dedicate an hour to it while I'm hanging out in the doctor's office and, and see if it impresses me. I don't think you need to do that today <laughs> because, because it's got that stupid waiting list thing, right? Oh, you can get on the waiting list and then someday in the future you will be able to do it right now they've got like a test thing where you could put in certain phrases and it will show you what it's going to look like after you're allowed in all right very good well if if they could somehow fix uh you know dating that would be fine with me i think that'd be a huge step in the right direction so final note What's the last update on the green comet? Did you see it? We've been overcast. It's funny. It's clear and briny, bright and sunny during the day, and then it's overcast at night, and I don't get to see any comets. I've got the worst winter ever in Michigan, and that is defined by me as rainy and clouds. We have we had like three days of winter, and as we're recording this, it has been raining for like the last 12 hours straight. It's just clouds and rain. So no, I have not seen the the comet, and I don't. If we've got till the end of the month to see it, I'm hoping the well, skies may part one of these days. This is a true story from the early '80s when I lived in Ann Arbor. One year, the the uh, newspaper had uh, a contest to guess how many minutes of sunshine there would be in the month of February, and they had two little clocks on the front page every single day number of minutes yesterday and the number of minutes for the month and it, the first minute of sunshine was february 15th so so both clocks were zeros uh and uh i wish i'd have <clears throat> kept that newspaper because i just thought it was hilarious we're having another one of those years but we don't have those years every year we have those years when it's not cold enough to make snow uh, when it once it once it snows it's cold the evaporation stops we there are no more clouds. It's sunny. It's bright and beautiful out. And that is not our winter this year. I don't know if I've ever been this pale in my life, <laughs> but I haven't been able to go outside and have fun at all. Well, I, I hope you get to get a tan soon in the, in the beautiful weather in Michigan. <laughs> Alrighty. I think that will do it for yet another SMB community podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com.
and give us your feedback.